2: Hello listeners. Be advised that this show is an immersive audio experience. It may seem like sounds are coming from the sides or behind you. Listener discretion is advised, as this content is intended for adult audiences only. Q-Code presents A Burned Photo Created by Nicole Esposito
3: All right, there we go. Back up and running. You got enough records there, son? I certainly hope so. If not, I will figure out an alternative. That's the researcher's specialty. Please, let's continue.
4: Fine, then. So, although Joe had suffered a terrible fate, my family and I managed to make it safely out of Natchez and up north to Boston.
5: Papa, are those
6: men going to hurt each
7: other? Oh, don't worry about it, darling. No, come, come sit with Papa, and I'll tell you a story. Yay! Story time! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <sighs> Once upon a time, there was a family of rabbits that lived in a nice, comfy burrow. Then... A pack of hungry wolves took up the residency right next to the burrow, so the rabbit family had to run away. They ran, and they ran, and they ran, until they came to a bigger forest with lots of big tall trees and no wolves, but a whole lot more rabbits who made a whole lot more noise. And everything was so big, loud, and...
1: Thank God in heaven, we finally got word from my cousin Sally. She told us, come on up to Chautauqua County. I thought,
7: I thought you said they were in New York.
1: It is, honey. It's where the Boone Summer Home is. Sally got us work with Nellie Boone.
7: Oh, that's the rich lady she works for?
1: Yep. Nellie's husband is in shipping. They got more money than any plantation in Natchez.
7: More money than John Barretton?
1: Mm-hmm, if you can believe it. Sally told her I was the finest seamstress she knew. And you, the best gardener east of the Mississippi, said she was eager to set us up. So,
7: we're going to head all the way to Chautauqua to, to help rich, white folk keep up parents.
1: I know what you're getting at, Alphonse, and you have to look at the whole picture, honey. First of all, it's different. We're going to earn a nice salary. Second of all, there's a lady in town who runs a school for colored children perfect for Lizzie. It's a good move for all of us.
7: Yeah, well... Schooling sounds good, but everything else just sounds like slavery by a different name. All these factories and fisheries and such right here, and we got to go right back to waiting on white people.
1: Well, it ain't for forever, Alphonse. Just until we can stash enough away to buy a little plot of land.
7: That sure does sound nice. Just feels like even when I move away, paths are still following. And that makes me uneasy.
3: You were reluctant
4: to take up employment as a household attendant. Mm-hmm, I sure was. Ain't no man wants to gain his freedom only to go back to do the same work he was doing as a slave for a new white master. But you know, I also think maybe I was disappointed in the fact that the Empire Joe had promised didn't work out. I'd really believed in that. In him. But sure, sugar, me, Susie, and Lizzie was out on that next train to Chautauqua County to start our new life. You, you ever been to Chautauqua County, Arthur? No, sir. Only as far as New York City. Hmm. To visit my grandbaby, Lucy? Uh, well, um...
3: Yes, I have seen her there, but it was my research and a few conferences that brought me to New York.
4: Mm-hmm. I see. Well, Chautauqua County ain't nothing like New York City. The Boone Summer property sprawled out as far as I could see. It was built right on top of the Chattacorn River. Quiet, still, and the best thing was... The Boons only spent the summer months there. So, the rest of the year, was only a handful of servants staying on to keep up the property. From fall to spring, it almost felt like it was our estate. Don't get me wrong, being a Freeman in the North was nothing to turn your nose up at. But that first winter, ooh, we about froze to death on that estate. Southern blood ain't ready for northern winter. Susie gave birth to William, our our second child in February. Most beautiful boy child you ever seen. While Susie nursed, I would stare out at those naked trees, just covered in the thickest snow I'd ever seen. I imagine that's how Joe used to feel like everything he was seeing and experiencing was was brand new. (laughs) It wasn't too long before the boom manor began to feel like home. We had started our new life and it was fine. We were safe and removed from the outside world. But in early June, just as summer started, the world showed up on our doorstep. Mrs. Nellie Boone was back, and at our heels, a a gang of servants ready to prepare the house for her summer stay and a never-ending stream of teas and parties. (laughs) And with these parties came the past, back into our beautiful new lives.
8: My lands! This place is an absolute maze. Boy, boy, can you help me to the luncheon area? Nellie dear's expecting me.
7: They're down in the gazebo, ma'am. I was just headed to tend the camellias down that way. Follow me.
8: You from down south, boy? I detect an accent. Cane River?
7: Yes, ma'am. Nanchez by the way of Alexandria.
8: I knew it. I can always tell whereabouts folks hail from. Haven't been fooled yet. You sound just like home. Just came back from a little visit right outside of Natchez, actually.
7: What brings you to New York, ma'am?
8: Fell in love with a Yankee and had dragged me here to this godforsaken New York. I just don't know if I can bet one more Yankee winter.
7: He certainly is harsh, ma'am.
8: Josie Belle, you look just stunning, dear. How ever was the trip? Josephine, thank God you've arrived, darling. Nellie's nearly bored me senseless with her talk of politics. Have you brought us any delicious gossip from your travels down south? Colette, have I ever disappointed you, honey? But first, a drink? What do you ladies having? I've had my girl prepare some fresh-squeezed lemonade. Or I also have iced tea. Uh, bless your sweetheart, honey. Do you have any spirits? I thought I was coming to a luncheon, not the morning church service. So, there was this old coot, John Barrington. He was the richest man in all of Natchez. He had his eyes on me when I had my coming out party. Had a wife and kids at home. But I felt his eyes ogling me the whole night. Anyway, John Barrington finally kicked the bucket and left his family in utter chaos. Finally? How old was he? Who knows? He looked old enough to be one of Jesus' disciples.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Josephine,
8: dear. You are (laughs) absolutely terrible. Yes, I heard Barrington passed away. My brother Gabriel is engaged to his daughter Narcissa. What a small world. Oh, I'm so sorry, honey. I didn't mean to be so flit about your family.
6: Oh, no, 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 please. He's not my blood. And Gabriel won't give me any juicy details. Please continue. All right, then. So, I heard
8: he was going to the cellar to retrieve a bottle of wine. But get this. Half of his face melted like a candle, and he was carrying on sputtering nonsense, and then boom! He collapsed. His house slaves tried to revive him, but no luck. You Southerners and your wild tales. <laughs> N- Nellie, didn't you tell me your brother Gabriel was a law student? Do you think his wife, that that Barrington girl from the Deep South, is associating with his compatriots and their wives? Oh, come out with it, Colette, dear. Are you asking if she's an abolitionist? Oh well... That wouldn't be no surprise. That girl was a nigger lover her whole life- Josephine, please don't use that language in my home. I don't believe in it. Pardon my forwardness. (sighs) Yes, as far as I understand, Narcissa has the leanings of an abolitionist. Seems to have a close relationship with the two daughters of Barrington's head slave. Apparently that head slave had saved her life as a child and her thoughts about Negroes began to veer from the town consensus. And her father, John Barrington, didn't try to convince her otherwise. He just let her be. Well, that's a nice twist. May God rest his soul. (coughs) Well, y'all will never believe who's to inherit his estate. Who? His no-good son, Irving Barrington. The little bastard!
1: should have gotten these sandwiches to them earlier to sop up all that alcohol. <sighs> what is it, Alphonse? Oh,
7: Sally. you keep correspondence with the folks in that chest, right?
1: Yes, Al. Why?
7: Did you hear that John Barrington's dead? I did hear Hey, that. well, any word on what's become of the slaves? I'm wondering where Cash and his family are moved to. Now, I, I sure would love to see him again. You know, Both of us is free. You think you can find out for me? Oh. Oh, dear.
1: What is it? Well, I heard that although John Barrington did agree to release Cash and his family upon his death, that his son Irving had it overturned. What? Apparently, Irving took his case to the court, insisted his father was unfit to make decisions about the estate, that he was going a a little loony in his old age, and that the abolitionists had got to him and confused him into writing that thing about the slaves into the wheel. Cash didn't have a chance. Yeah, he overturned the wheel, null and void.
7: (sighs) I told him he couldn't trust the white man's word.
1: Alphonse, you need to just go to bed and get some shut eye. You'll feel better in the morning.
7: I gotta go back, Susie.
1: Excuse me? Have you gone mad?
7: I gotta find him. Help him out.
1: And just what do you plan to do? Gather an army of free men to storm the Barrington Mansion and get into a punching match?
7: It ain't right, Susie. I mean, Cash gave his
1: life to that family with the promise he would be set Not free. Not to mention the country's at war. There simply couldn't be a worse time for a Negro to head down south. He saved
7: that man's child. Brought her to the one place that could save her from the clutches of death. He could have earned his freedom years ago, but he stayed loyal to that family.
1: It's terrible, Alphonse. But he took a gamble on a white man's word and lost. You tried to convince him different. I don't see why our family needs to get dragged into this. I need to help him. I have to do something. You haven't seen the man in years, Alphonse. He abandoned you, remember? I'm just. I'm just so angry. Susie, I'm just so angry. <sighs> I understand, Alphonse. And I can only imagine how he feels. But we have a good life here. And we worked so hard to get it. It's time for us to be thankful and move forward.
4: I'd never thought much about justice. Justice was like the fine silver Master Montaigne used to keep locked up in his buffet. It was only brought out for the important folk. It wasn't until I met Joe that my views on that matter begun to shift. But what Irving Barrington did to Cash just wasn't right. Cash had a carrot dangling in front of him all those years And then Irvin just gobbled the whole thing up right in his face. He really was owed some sort of justice.
3: I can't imagine how helpless one feels
4: in such a situation. You weren't meant to. Because justice is set up to work for you. But not for me. And not for Cash. And what had happened to Cash really stirred something in me. I decided I need to do something to prove I had control over my own self, over my own life. So that's when the family took on the name Abraham. After the president, of course. Choosing the last name was something Cash used to go on and on about. So, in his honor, I did what he couldn't. I named myself Alphonse Abraham. (laughs)
7: Uh, Hey, watch out now, Lizzie! Timber!
4: Summer had ended and the booms upped and left again. Through fall and then on to the winter, the property was quiet and the family was at peace.
7: Papa, can I put the candles on the tree tonight? Well, you gotta discuss that with your mother, Muffin. You know she likes to do things just so.
6: What's that?
7: I'm not sure.
4: You will never guess who was in that garage. Who? Narcissa Barrington and her fiancé, Gabriel. Miss Nellie's
7: brother. I'm afraid you've missed Nellie and them, Miss Sissy. They packed up and going down to the other property for the winter.
6: Oh, I know, Mr. Alphonse. We didn't come to see them. We came to see
5: you.
7: Me? <laughs> That's a surprise. I'm sorry to hear about the passing of your father. Condolences to all of you. Daddy, can me and the little boy go play? I promise we won't be wild, and I won't mess up the bandages on the Lizina, what I tell you about interrupting grown folk? And I'm not sure Miss Sissy permits her servant boy to play. Oh,
6: he's not my servant.
7: My eyes might be going, but that child got the same face as Cash. That boy any relation to Cash, Miss Sissy?
6: It's his oldest son, Jacob, Mr. Alphonse. You two, go ahead and play, and you make sure to keep your promise now, Lizzie. No horseplay. I just redressed those bandages.
7: All right, Miss Sissy, I promise. Come on, Jacob, let me show you my collection. Sometimes it seems promises work only one way in this land.
6: (sighs) Alphonse! Oh, it's okay, Miss Susie. I understand his anger. I share it, in fact.
7: Uh, What is that boy doing here? And why you got him? Where's Cash?
6: Cassius is dead.
7: Pardon me, what do you mean, dead? Cash is a young man. Where that boy mama?
6: Miss Susie, might I trouble you for a little top-off on my tea?
4: Uh, it was the worst story I ever heard. Something far more terrible than could even be conjured in your worst nightmare. Over time, I was able to piece together what had happened from Sissy's story. Strands of gossip coming through Susie's correspondence and recollection from Jacob when he finally began to speak. We
3: can take a moment, if you like, Mr. Alphonse.
4: Thank you, son. I I can continue. (sighs) Seems Irvin Barrington didn't just renege on Cash's freedom pact. He made sure no one could dispute that he was the new master on the plantation. He resented Cash in particular, on account of the relationship he had with his father. Cash was a slave, no doubt, but he was the favorite slave on that property. For John, he was a reminder of Ephraim, A little boy he lost to the fever all those years ago. <laughs> and when John looked at Cash, he could imagine how Ephraim would have grown if he survived. Through Cash, he Saw about when Ephraim's voice would've changed, when his muscles would've started poking through his sleeve shirts, when he uh, would've grown his first whiskers, or take a wife and have kids of his own, making John a grandpa. Irvin hated that. He was jealous of his dead brother. And cash, of course. So as soon as his father died, he moved Cash away from the lighter household duties out into the swamp, one of the most dangerous back-breaking jobs on the plantation. John used to put his slaves on swamp duty only for a short punishment. But Irvin? Hmm. Irvin had Cash working there sun up to sundown every single day. Oh, my. I
3: had a colleague who was researching in those Mississippi swamp areas a gator read him alive.
4: Irvin had all the reading and learning materials the slaves had been accumulating and burned them right in the middle of the property for all the slaves to see. He told him if he caught them any of them reading or writing, he would skin them alive. And sadly, he really missed huh. it.
9: Huh. This will <laughs> teach you to read, boy.
4: Yeah. The lady folks that lived on that property and started timing their tasks not to have to encounter him because he had began taking liberties, brutal liberties. He sounds like an absolute monster, certifiable. Mm. Then I'm painting the picture correct. Lucifer himself would recoil at the sight of Irvin Barrington. I'm sure the
3: plantation saw an increase in escape attempts under such a vicious master.
4: Not really, actually. Irvin worked hard to scare everyone into stillness. He terrorized and took a sick pleasure in showing off his work, seeing people writhe and puke. And sadly, my friend Cash experienced this firsthand.
1: Who could that be at this time of night, Cash?
5: Mama,
7: it's us. Open
9: up. Virginia, Charlotte, what are y'all doing down here at this time of
7: night? You know Master Irvin will whip your tails. He finds you out of the big house. Hurry
9: up. Get in here.
1: Wait, Mama. Sissy's coming behind us.
9: Girls, what in the name of sweet Jesus is going on? What's so urgent you sneaking down here?
1: We're leaving. Headed north. Have you lost your mind, girl? Master Irvin will kill you dead. It's just too much with him
8: and his friends in that house, Mama. We're leaving,
6: and we want you, Daddy, and the boys to come with us. Virginia, I really thought you had more sense than this. Excuse me, Miss Hester. We have a plan, a mighty good one.
8: Oh, you in on this
6: nonsense too, Miss Sissy? I'd rather earn my keep in a brothel than spend a minute longer under my brother's roof. Well, the risk ain't the same for you as it is for us.
8: Think of the boys, Mama. If Master Oven gets into a bind with his gambling, who do you think is going to be the first one he sells to pay his debts?
4: All right, let's, let's hear them out, honey.
6: My fiancé, Gabriel, is an abolitionist lawyer from the North. He knows every smuggler and safe house from Natchez to the Mason-Dixon line. See? We're here.
8: There are ten guard posts surrounding the plantation. The nearest is here by the Old Trace.
6: Man at guards is a little slow in the head. He's got a weakness for strong drink and an eye for sissy. I'll head up with some whiskey and sweet talk and get him good and drunk. When
1: the time is right, I'll signal with a red lantern. When we get that signal, we head out through the orchard down to the trace. Sissy's acquaintance with the vegetable cart will be there. Boys are so small, they don't take up much space. Can fit all seven of us. I don't know if we get caught. I
7: don't know what they're going to do. Getting caught can't be much
9: worse than what we're experiencing here every single day. We need to take a
0: chance to live.
8: Daddy, what's that?
4: The freedom Dr. Joakim gave me that I should have used years ago. I reckon it's enough to buy all seven of our passage north.
7: Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.
4: Cash always saw the world different than me. Even though he was in bondage, he had a strong faith in morality. He had faith that good would be rewarded and would be punished for eternity. Now, see, me, I believe faith is an elixir no different than that snake oil Pollywog used to try to sell. Whether it works or not depends on if the person using it believes it works. But for Cash, morality was black and white, and he never wavered on his faith until he came to deal with the Irving Barrington. Something... We situated herself inside him.
1: Close that door, girl. It's suspicious. Come here, Virginia. You can see out this slit in the paneling.
5: I can't see anything.
1: Nothing to see yet. As long as we're
4: looking when Sissy shines that red lantern, we'll see.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Is the baby sleeping yet?
9: Almost there. Shh let's hope we can keep him asleep.
4: Jacob, Zeke, I'm gonna ask you one more time. What is Papa's rule? Zeke, so you're sleeping, Papa.
5: You said he quiet as a mouse until tell can't hear the skaters no more. That's right.
9: You make sure you remind your brother once he wakes up.
1: Red light, there, it's time to go.
8: About
4: this. Your football, and you I can only imagine what Cash was feeling, finally taking his life into his own hands. A journey filled with risk, but knowing his final destination was freedom. Those wild thoughts that must have been going through Charlotte and Virginia's heads. The first time they had ever had a strange tingle of what a future felt like.
9: Papa? Shh. What did I
1: tell you? Zico. He'll face silence. Put out here and the deadest I thought you said there was only one God to pass. It was only supposed to be one, Papa. There's never more than one. Something don't feel right. We're almost to the meeting spot. Let's go.
4: I never considered myself a particularly religious man, but any chance of being swayed was stamped out that day. Cause if there was a good God above. He would have carried Cash's family to freedom on a wing chair. Sissy said the vegetable wagon is meeting us here, right?
1: I don't see anyone. Are you sure it's the right spot? He
8: said here, by the tree stump with three notches. She said oh, something. She said her oh, You can't trust rock folks and never Barrington. He'll be here. Sissy isn't like the rest of the Barringtons. We need to go.
9: We've come this far. We should wait.
4: Since his abolitionist friends were just like her, eager but clumsy, they had a plan it had all gone to shit. The safe house had been raided and a vegetable wagon driver had been arrested.
5: Evening, Miss Barrington. What are you doing way out here this time of night?
6: Oh, evening, Daniel. Couldn't sleep, so... I decided to take a moonlight stroll.
5: A moonlight stroll that results in a man being rendered completely incapable? (laughs) I've had a few of those in my life. (laughs) You look mighty nervous, Miss Barrington. Like, maybe you saw a spook or two out here in the woods?
6: (laughs) No. It's just frightful for a young woman to be surrounded by a gang of drunk men.
5: Drunk? Us? No madam We're working. Unlike that fella next to you, we take our job seriously. Now, you absolutely sure you didn't see no spooks out here in the woods? No jungle babies, no porch monkeys?
6: No, Daniel. And I kindly ask you to give me a foot of space. My brother would not be happy to know I had to wipe his patrolman's spittle from my cheeks.
5: right, boys. You heard Barrington's orders.
6: Thank you. And I implore you not to (coughs) overstep. Excuse me! What on earth do you think you're doing? Untie me!
5: I'm sorry, Miss Barrington. Your brother's orders were to bring you in. Oh,
6: this is ridiculous! Do y'all know who I am? This is my daddy's land.
5: Your daddy's in the ground.
6: (sighs) No! Let me go! Oh, you bastards!
5: You know, you and that negro girl's cries almost sound the same. What negro girl? Oh, you know, the one you used to run around with when you and were a kid. (laughs) The one up till last week when you could be seen giggling with when she was supposed to be tending to her chores. (laughs) Oh, no one could see you. But I see everything. What did you do to her?
6: Where is Charlotte? Come on! Oh,
1: no, no, let me go, (laughs) please.
6: (laughs) What are Luther Woods, Robert Harding, and Samuel Chamberlain
5: doing here? At the crack of dawn? Looks like they're finishing those bottles of whiskey off.
9: They had a real busy
5: night. (laughs)
9: You broke my heart, sissy. My own flesh and blood. Plotting with Negroes.
6: I don't know what you're talking about, oh, Shut
9: your lying bitch mouth, sissy. She told me all about it. The one with the freckles around her eye. <laughs> Took a little coaxing, but... I got the whole story out of her. What did you do with Charlotte? What didn't we do with her? (laughs) You tried to steal from me, sissy. I take issue with that.
6: I'm sorry, Irving. I take responsibility. Please, just just tell me where they are. Seven
9: slaves. Three of them young boys, that would have. Grown into sturdy man and fetched me a pretty penny.
6: Irving, you monster. What have you done?
9: Lucky for me, Cash had this sack. Brimming full of money. So heavy, I don't know how he was going to carry it. Comes close to what I might have fetched for the whole lot. But... Now I gotta divvy it up with my three friends here on the of inconvenience. Wasn't no inconvenience, Irving. Think nothing of it. Yeah, I would've been happy to help even if it weren't for the promise of that fine whiskey after the job was done in my right hand.
6: <laughs> what job has been done, Irving? What did you do to Cash and his family? Oh,
9: why don't you show her, Irving, so she can quit her squawking. All right, then. See, sissy, daddy coddled the Negroes. I see he passed that manna down to you. Now that I'm in charge of this plantation, I just can't have my Negroes running wild. A whole family escaping from the Barrington plantation, seven of them, all intact. From the pappy down to that little baby, can't even walk you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. I would have been the laughing stock of all natchez. Or was it costly? Sure. But keeping one's pride is a costly venture. I reckon I also paid my worthwhile security. Because I know, another one of my slaves will never, ever try to leave this property again. Bring her in.
2: Burn Photo stars in order of appearance. Peyton Krim as Arthur Gurdon. Daryl Brown as Elderly Alphonse. Brandon Michael Hall as Alphonse. Sarah Jean Francois as Susie. Emma Maxwell as Josephine. True Collins as Nellie. Elizabeth Evans as Sissy Barrington. John Michael Young as Irving Barrington. Curtis Cook as Cash. Additional performances by... Timothy Cole, Julian Schwartz, Callie Michelle, Mary McCleary, Kenesha Thompson, Renee Veronica Freeman, Elise Marie, Taylor Polidor, John Berryman, Justin Reed, Carson Kern. Created by Nicole Esposito. Written by Nicole Esposito and Quinn Perry. Directed by Quinn Perry and Jeremy Novick. Executive produced by Roy Lee, Angus McClune, Rob Herding, David Henning, Sandra Yi Ling, Michelle Zarati, Charmaine Bingwa, and Nicole Esposito. Co-executive producer, Quinn Perry. Produced by Shenyin Hiyu. Original score and composition by Darren Johnson. Music editor, Brian Kessley. Assistant music editor, David Tatashore. Audio engineering by Ryan Walsh and Neely Oftering. Edited by Neely Oftering. Additional editor, Beatrice Neronia. Sound design by The Audio Hive, Jose Varon and Jeffrey Kanick. Mixed by Lance Lampagina. Supervising mixer, Ben Milchev. Casting directors, Chelsea Block, Marisol Collie, and Mayank Batter at Atomic Honey. Casting director for guest roles, Andrea Bunker. Assistant director, Kelsey Adams. Script supervisor, Sam Beasley. Set teacher, Celeste Armstrong. Assistant engineering by Beatrice Noronha. Production Coordinator, Brandon Weissner, Bailey Grayson, and Tom Breck. Production Assistant, Nathan Yan, Alexandra Bashidi, and Ben Swimmer. Post Coordinator, Rachel Yanover. Production Legal, Christina Bulbrook and Lindsay Keel. Production Accounting, Pin Chun Liu. Special thanks to Ashton Harold. This podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFRA collective bargaining agreement. The Burn Photo is a Vertigo Entertainment and Q-Code
0: production.
7: Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.
2: Are you ready for the ultimate Love Island experience? Join us on After the Island. We're going back to where it all began, Fiji.
8: Love Island USA Season 5 is making a splash on Peacock right now.
2: And guess what? Your favorite recap show is back, too. Welcome to After the Island.
8: Join us as
2: real-life besties and co-hosts, Elizabeth. And Alex. As we deep dive into each sizzling episode of Love Island USA. We'll spill the tea, interview contestants, answer fan questions, and give you unprecedented behind-the-scenes access to the wildly popular world of Love Island.
8: Don't miss a single moment of the drama, romance, and unforgettable island vibes. Listen to After the Island on any streaming platform.